Hi, everyone. You're listening to Candidly Laura, a daily podcast for adventure seekers and personal development junkies. Laura is a digital nomad who always tells it like she sees it. She loves talking about travel, entrepreneurship, dogs, and more. Take it away, Laura. How to plan but not plan a trip. (laughs) Okay, and I know that sounds weird and I'm gonna try to explain it but this trip could be a vacation or it could be a trip or it could be travel and I do think all three of those things are different so I'm gonna walk you through what I do and how I prepare to be in new places and this sort of cadence I was even before I started full-time living in an Airbnb being a digital remote worker nomad so for me I have planned several that are vacations and I think the differentiator for me on a vacation is that it is focused more on relaxing and resting than it is on seeing new things, experiencing new uh, things, tourist attractions, museums. Not that there isn't still some of that on a vacation, but that's where I think the differentiator is for me, is if it's a place that I want to go to a lot of different places, like Paris, for example, I don't know that I could vacation in Paris because there are too many things that I want to go and see again, you know, because I was there once it was in high school and I like, I have a laundry list of things that I want to do. So that to me would be more of a trip or a travel. It would not be a vacation. For me, a vacation is like cabin in the woods with three books and bonfires or a beach hammock resort where all you really do is go from buffet to lounge chair to wading pool back to buffet to lounge chair. So the things that I start to do when I start to look at, am I going to plan a vacation or am I going to plan a trip is what kind of things do I want to do? What kind of things do I need? Do I need to satiate my quest for knowledge and to see new things? Or do I really need to buckle down and rest? Um, And those those will impact not only where you go, but also what you're going to do in the next steps of research. So the steps for planning and not planning a trip for me is... What kind of outcome from this trip am I looking for? And then, so once I've decided that, then I start my research. Then I buy any tickets that might be necessary and put them in the calendar. And then I make three different lists. So, okay, so you've decided, I definitely know that I want this kind of trip. It's going to be a vacation or it's going to be more of a travel And here are the places that I start my research. I go to TripAdvisor generally first, and I look at three different categories that they have for that place or that country that I'm going to. So I look at 
their top five attraction lists. And those are really great places to see like where a lot of people have gone. And looking at TripAdvisor, even for a really small town is really important because if you're, let's say you're doing a road trip and you're going to stop in a little town that's about halfway between, and it's like the biggest little town close to where you're going to go. If you look at that town on TripAdvisor, there's likely something in the area that you may want to stop and see. And sometimes it can be like the best local brewery, or sometimes it could be like, there's this really cool cave 10 minutes out of town in this park. So taking a look at TripAdvisor, it's, it's one of the best resources for road trips as well as vacations, as well as trips. I was on a road trip to a wedding with a friend and um, he and I stopped for lunch and this is sort of little hodunk town. We got lunch and I was like, okay, sorry, this is the thing I have to do. I have to look at TripAdvisor's top five things to do just to see if there's something nearby that we want to stop at before we get back on the road. And there was this like adorable, not great, but super cute little winery in the middle of nowhere, Indiana. And we stopped and tried a couple wines and they weren't great, but it was a lovely experience and the owners were so happy to see us. So if that's not a reason to check out <laughs> TripAdvisor's top five attractions so you can have mediocre Indian wine, I don't know what is. All right. So after I look at what the top five attractions are, I then look at what tours are around. I sort of oscillate back and forth between liking sort of group tours and not liking them. Sometimes they're really helpful if it's a really beautiful terrain. It is really helpful to have a bus that's going to take me to two or three of the top attractions. So I can just stare out the window listening to music and I can meet a couple of people. Um, you know, it's always nice to have a driver if you're doing a wine tour. And then I am a sucker for any sort of boat cruise. <laughs> I'll just acknowledge that. I think they're so fun. You, I love boats. I love that I don't have to do anything other than pay for a ticket. Sometimes they're really reasonably priced. Like it can be 20 bucks for a two hour boat ride up and down a river. And oftentimes they have a bar if you want a cocktail or they have snacks. I've taken quite a few that have been like buffet three course or five course or brunch meals. And those are awesome. Okay. And then the third thing that I look at at TripAdvisor is restaurants, just because I want to get a feel for what kind of food is in the area. Even if I'm doing like a cabin weekend where I'm mostly going to be cooking and hanging out at the bonfire, I do try to at least get takeout once or twice from a local place just so I can help infuse even a little bit more money into the economy of where I am. Plus also there are just some things I don't cook and I like to have as like extra fancy treat. But it's also nice to look at those and see which one of them will also deliver to you. Okay, so TripAdvisor's almost always my first stop. It Actually, it's even my first stop when I'm looking at considering where I'm gonna go. And then the rest of these are just sort of how I'm feeling. So I like to look at all trails and see what trails are in the area, which ones are being highest rated, which ones have good views. I love a waterfall. I love a river. I love a lake. And then also like to go to my good friend Google. And I like to just look at 
what other people's itineraries have been in those areas. This is specifically if I'm planning a trip where I know that there's going to be a lot of things to see. So looking at a, a long weekend or a three-day itinerary in a city, and then looking at a week-long itinerary in a city is also just really good because it gives you an idea of some, sometimes they have a, a good amount of like things that aren't going to be on other people's lists, especially if they're local, they'll send you to like the best paper plate Mexican. I do pick up a book now and again, especially if I'm planning a longer trip. So when I was planning my trip to Ireland or my trip to New Zealand and even my trip to Montreal, I did go to the library and pick out some um, tourist books about those places just so I could learn more, especially when I did Ireland and New Zealand. I was going to lots of different cities on both of those trips because they were both long road trips. So I also had more places to look at all of these things. So it was nice to see um, what other people that do book things do. Okay. And then these last two are probably no surprise for those of you that know me. Um, but one is to look around the Instagram hashtags for that location. And that's actually how I just found this magnificent sculpture plant garden that um, is here in Quebec City. And it was just a phenomenal experience. Had I not traveled around the Instagram hashtags, I may not have found this. So it's a good reason to look at locationally what's going on, what exhibits are, or where people are tagging themselves because that's where they're going. So that can be restaurants, that can be events, all sorts of things. And then last thing, oh no, as soon as I said that, I had another thought. Okay, so then the two other things is I like to make sure I know what events are happening. And there are a couple of different places that I do that. I do search Google for like that city events in the month I'm going to be just to see what comes up for their events. I like to look on Facebook to see what events are listed in their events. Again, that city in that month. And then I also like to look through either Ticketmaster, um, mostly Ticketmaster, but also to see what music um, is playing in the area because that will help inform because I love live music. And I also like, this was the thought I just had. I also usually look at what theaters are playing or what's touring, touring. That was so Wisconsin of me. What theater is playing in the area? Um, because I just, you know, I like, I like to know what my options are. And if, if the Harry Potter show hadn't been three and a half hours, I would have gone to see it in Toronto. Okay, but that's neither here nor there. So those are all of the places that I like to do research. Now, here's where the unplanning of the planning comes in, and this is in the list making. So if through that list of things, I have decided there are must-do activities in the area where I'm going to be. And this is true if it's a vacation and I mostly am relaxing and reading books, or if I'm doing a 20-day road trip of the North and South Islands of New Zealand. So there are just some things that you're going to pass by or go to or see that are going to be on your must-do list. 
So for me, when I was in Toronto, I put Niagara Falls on my must-do list because I don't know the next time I'm going to be near it and it's a big attraction, right? I also put on my must-do list going up to this peninsula that was a couple hours north because it was incredibly gorgeous and it was just as gorgeous as I thought it was going to be. And it also reminded me some of the pictured rocks because it had rock formations and super clear water. So those were two things I put on my, and Lady Gaga. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot Lady Gaga. So those three things were on my must-do list for going to Toronto. Now, here's the unplanning part. So the unplanning part is, you know, the ticket to Lady Gaga I bought and I put on my calendar and that's like set in stone, right? For the other two must do's, I just needed them to happen before I left. So I created in my calendar two different reminders that were like, hi, you could go to Niagara Falls or the peninsula. You have to do either of these in the next two weekends if you haven't yet, right? So when I was halfway through Toronto, I had two reminders, the weekend, two weekends before I left and then the weekend before I left. So I knew if I hadn't gotten up to the peninsula or over to Niagara Falls, because I didn't want to do both in one weekend because they're too far of drives. So that's how I ensure that I'm making at least as many sort of reminders to get in the must-do list without tying myself down to, you have to go do this on this Saturday, or you have to go do this on this Friday. Okay. So that's my first list is the must-do. And then I calendar accordingly to make sure I have the reminders I need or that the tickets that I've bought are in the calendar. Okay. Then my next two lists are some indoor activities that are interesting and outdoor activities that are interesting. So that could be trails that I found, that could be restaurants, that could be museums, that could be theater, that could be concerts. So some of them I do also create reminders in my calendar to remind me that I want to think about it. So especially if it's a concert ticket that I'm like, yeah, I could go see them. Like they're not my favoriteest artist in the history of the land, or they're not going to be such an amazing production that I like want to buy that ticket immediately. But I like going to music and I like concerts, so I might want to. So for concerts, I create a reminder a week before and I just prompt myself when I look at my calendar for that day, like, do you want to go to that concert? It's next week, this day. So indoor activities and outdoor activities. And this is why I like having the plan, but not plan is that I want to have options, have thought about what kind of trip I want and have created ways for this decision fatigue to be mitigated so that if I wake up some Saturday morning and I'm like, oh, I just, today's a movie couch day. I'm going to do some laundry and some cooking. I don't feel tied to have to do anything. But if I wake up that day and I'm like, oh my gosh, it is the most beautiful, perfect light fall weather where it's like 65 and sunny and I want to do something outdoors. I can go to my outdoor activity list, see my couple of options and be like, oh, 
I do feel like a drive would be so good because the leaves are starting to turn. Why don't I go to this park? I'll buy the ticket, et cetera, et cetera. So I think the important thing with all three of those lists is they're, they're sort of reflective of how much time you're going to be there. So if you're going to be there for a weekend, you probably don't want more than two or three on any of those lists. If you're going to be there for a month, yeah, you might get up to five, um, but it's just a really good way to be able to match your mood and be able to stay sort of, I guess, fluid about being planned. I've never liked the like, we're going here at this time, we're going here at this time, then we're going to do this, then you have 20 minutes to eat a sandwich. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I want the most unplanned plan. <laughs> so I know there are options. I know I'm going to have fun. I can match my mood. And it's this works really well, too, if you're doing it with your family or if you're doing it um, with friends. You can say, okay, today's a beautiful day. We're going to pick something from our outdoor activity list. We've all created this list together here. Which do people feel like doing today? Done. Okay. So was that more in depth than you thought it was going to be or not as in depth as you thought it would be? I would love to know. (laughs) And also if you are um, still listening to this, this many episodes later, thank you. Appreciate you. If you wouldn't mind liking and subscribing um, on the podcast, it'll help my little algorithm doodles. Thanks friends. Talk to you soon. Bye.